Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Spin the Rally Pod. I'm rally fan Lisa O'Sullivan, joined as ever by our senior staff writer, from Dirtfish.com, David Evans, the voice of Rally Colin Clark, and George Donaldson, former motorsport team boss, who is packing his bags as we speak, ready to head off to Africa for the Safari Rally. Yeah, George, you've got your bags pretty much packed, haven't you? Uh, in my head. You're waiting for Colin to arrive and give you some kit. Yeah, Colin's, Colin is giving me some treats mm. so that I can uh, stay in touch with you guys. On a, I'm, I'm not even sure what basis it's going to be. I've got a feeling I'll be working 24-7, which I'm quite looking forward to over the event. Well, we are going to talk about Safari Rally. We're going to come to that um, in brief at the end. But, David Evans, we need to talk about Sardinia first. Could you give us like a pricey of the event? I think it's always handy to know what you thought was important over the event. So what happened in Sardinia? Well, I mean, pretty simple, Lisa. It was it was an event of two halves. Uh, we fully expected Hyundai to to dominate as they have four times out of five in in the previous years uh, in Sardinia. A real sort of Hyundai event this one. Uh, and for the first, certainly until sort of Saturday lunchtime, that's exactly what happened with Oit Tanak uh, and Danny Sordo running at the front. Uh, if there was a surprise for me on the on the first day, it was that we didn't see more pace from Sordo. You know, he was starting quite a long way back on the road. And, of course, he's won this event two years uh, on the truck coming into the to this year. Um, but he ran second to, to Tanak. Uh, and that was, I think it was the the stage, the penultimate stage of Saturday morning uh, when Oit had a had a problem. Uh, he hit a, had a rock that was on the line through a fast left-hander and took a wheel off. Um, and Sordo then was in charge for a couple of stages, but... Ogier was hunting him down, uh, and once Seb got his, his nose in front, there was no stopping him. Uh, and, you know, again, just as it was, was the case in Portugal, what looked to be a very strong event for Hyundai turned into something of a, of a complete disaster, with with Toyota eventually running 1-2 at the front, with Ogier leading Elvin Evans home, uh, and Thierry Neville uh, third on the bottom step of the podium. Thierry did bag five uh, points in the, in the power stage and by his own admission you know that was the only good thing about the weekend so you know a real kind of change of fortune if you like that everybody expected a strong high and i uh we saw one for a while um but the car didn't have the durability they didn't have the re- reliability in the car and um I, I, it's fair to say you know sordo he dropped out because he had an accident um uh but yeah you know that there has to be some questions about the suspension um, on these Hyundai's. That that essentially what ha- is what happened. Takemoto Katsuta, another superb fourth, um, and then uh, the, the the rate of attrition led to Yari Hutenen winning WRC two and finishing fifth, 
ahead of a particularly sweary uh, Mads Osberg in <laughs> six. Uh, but uh, George, I mean, you you would have watched the event. What what are your thoughts on that on that Hyundai? Uh, well, David, I mean, I can basically counter everything you've said with disagreement. It's fabulous. It really, it really <laughs> I is. love rallying. It really is. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I can dissent on pretty well everything you've seen you've said there. You know, you, you know, everyone thought the Hyundai's were going to be super strong based on history. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you presume don't, don't, that rally? Why would you even go there? You know, Donaldson, uh, bring it. Come on, bring it, bring yeah, it. bring it. Okay, George, I mean, George, there's so much here. Point, so, we're, we've not got enough time. We've not got enough time, and, I, and I've probably stolen Colin's thunder because no, he was no, no, probably no. about to do all the disagreement with you. Anyway, no. David, the uh, no, the, the, the bottom line is you've mentioned about Hyundai losing it. I, Toyota won it. Toyota mm. won it through the most incredible pair of drives. Sebastian Ogier was easily the, the, the driver of the rally to, to hold himself together on that first day, cleaning the road. I mean, that was an amazing drive. It's possibly one of his best ever drives. And it, it, it's not seen, it's not noticed as that, but that was an incredible depth he must have dug to, to have pulled out that performance, to put himself in that position. And yes, okay, some people gave it away. Uh, some some events, some some happenstance uh, landed landed on the result in his lap but he had himself in the optimal position and, and, I, and I know you've alluded to it uh, through the the rally I'm not su- suggesting that you're you're just um, throwing your arms up in the air saying you know how they gave this away I know you, you've already you've already praised um, um, all the all the players and and, and ostracized them where where necessary um r- really uh, that was the most amazing thing of the event uh, Elfin Evans, again, um, not quite feeling right out the box, but doesn't throw anything away, just keeps digging away. And, uh, I mean, he, he very easily could have won the event, um, ta- you know, tactically, but, but he didn't quite have the pace and he chose not to push out to it. What a team player. What an incredibly valuable driver. Possibly just about one of the most valuable drivers in the whole championship because of th- his approach. And and his his um, methodology, uh, and not not to mention his his speed on the last day. So on the last day, if he choked a little bit, you'd have said, okay, Elvin's not quite there yet. You know, we've been saying that for a couple of a couple of years now. Sometimes with some of the performances, but that last day was was you know an easy chance for him to choke. You've got Thierry Neuville coming at you m- on a massive mission. Uh, uh, to to potentially grab second now okay, Elfin put that to bed pretty quickly um, and uh, and sort and sorted that one out which was fine and then El- and and then Thierry you know all powered him just said okay I'm I'm third but I'm going to get those power point those power stage points and that, that, you've got to say here. George that that was one of the stages of of the event that stage that mm-hmm. first stage Sunday morning for Elfin absolutely was, was yeah. yeah but yeah but I am I am very very sorry to say George that that you are wrong. Yeah, um, and, good, and uh, to, good. To, I mean, what? Come on, uh-huh. you yeah. know that rock on the line that Tanak hit. He was forty odd seconds ahead at that point, and that is just surely yeah. it's misfortune. You know, there yeah. was nowhere else to put the car. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to be the arbiter on this one um, because uh, you, you both made reasonable points. But um, I'm not finished yet, Colin. No, I know you're not, George. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but apparently, we're time limited on this one. We've only got 45 yeah. minutes, so so I'm going to I'm going to come in with my arbitration now, George. I think you're absolutely right in some ways, and David, I think you're right in some ways. Um, you know, I, life I, on the fence with Colin. I think what we did was we underplayed the 
fragility of the Hyundai. We, we should have expected problems from the Hyundai. We all know how tough and how rough and how car-breaking Sardinia can be, but we expected a 1-2-3 from Hyundai. Why? On the evidence of Portugal. Portugal set the alarm bells ringing. Mm. We had absolutely no explanation. As we've had no explanation of Tanak's problems here in Sardinia. But, George, I totally agree with you. I, I, think, I think that Ogier's brilliance on the Friday is being underplayed. I don't think we quite appreciate the absolute strategy and brilliance that's involved in his Friday efforts. You know, he talks about calculated risk. He, Friday is where he pushes flat out, flat out, and he takes risks, and he knows where he can push, and he knows that if he can contain that time gap on the Friday, he gives himself a chance. He's still in the fight, and that is exactly what happened. So um, I am sitting on the fence with this one, um, but I do believe that we, we, we were way too optimistic about Hyundai, way, way too optimistic. Um, and we underestimated Ogier and, and to some degree Evans' ability to dig deep, to dig deep and to to dig out a result, which is exactly what they did. But it was also, you know, I think we have to pay tribute as well to the Toyota and the fact that they've refined that car, they've built more strength into that car. And it's, it is a different car to the one that Oit Tanak retired or didn't retire, but had that power steering problem within in 2019. So. It's it's a combination of all of those things, but you you are right, Col. You know, but historically, you have to look back and say Hyundai was stronger on on us. But we we let that we let that cloud our judgment. You know, and we we should and have we asked did. more questions. We should have asked more questions about. So do we do we think then that something has changed? Yeah. In in the philosophy of the suspension, in yeah. the it it has to really. I I think yeah. something has changed. I I think and and we've seen it very often, George. You've seen it many times in the past. You're pushing. Uh, for for speed, other things are compromised, and and I wonder, I wonder whether you know maybe the suspension's not quite working with the with the tires. That's a possibility. Maybe they've compromised some element of the suspension to find a little bit of extra speed. I don't know, but the problem is we don't get told anything. We don't get told. That's anything. what Ta- that's what Tanak said. He said, you know, the car is getting faster, but it is getting more fragile. And it's you're, you're exactly right. That's a huge concern. That's a huge well, concern. I mean, but you would question that that comment. I mean, the car getting more fragile. What it means is the car is being tuned. And there's probably very small changes. I don't even know if there's any physical changes being made to the car in terms of the parts. Are, are they being changed? Uh, but what they're doing is they're making they're making it possible for the driver to push harder right. and and to go faster through those corners reducing the amount of time they've got to react and carry the car over the odd rock. Uh, the odd, you know, ooh, that's not right. Now now, now, I'm so confident in this car, I can just lean it into that corner, and if it tightens up a little bit, I'll just squeeze a tiny, you know, I'll just, I'll just scrub a tiny little bit of speed and the car will give it to me. If the car's not going to give it to you, you're going to have to slow down a little bit and you'll not push through that, end, that, that corner in the same manner naturally giving yourself a little bit more margin. I'm just saying that as a concept. I mean, that's maybe a little bit off the wall and people will maybe be mocking me for saying it. But I think ultimately, uh, you, you look at the rock that damaged uh, Ott's car. Now, I mean, I don't know if, if I maybe, I didn't see all the footage at the weekend. I wasn't the full super fan this weekend. Uh, but um, Ott, it was Ott's rear wheel that came off, rear left wheel that came off. Well, he hit the rock with the front, sorry, the the, the, the rear left wheel that came off. It was the front left wheel that hit the rock. In fact, I don't think it was even the wheel. I suspect it was the front suspension link. And I thought, oh, God, he's going to knock the front suspension off. But as you look at that rock, and I looked at it several times, it was a decent-sized rock. You know, what was it? Maybe 
300 by 400 by 300 mil. You, you had a much clearer pause and freeze frame them than we did. Well, I mean, I, 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 you couldn't you couldn't freeze frame it, so you you, you get a look at it. But I, I would have said it was the it it was the size of a smallish briefcase, a little bit fatter than a small briefcase. It's it's going to weigh That's about somewhere between ten and twelve kilos, and it was square. I mean, it almost looked like a breeze block, a building block. Mm. Like it was, it was, you can see it was rough. It looked like a stone. It looked like a stone that had been lifted out the road off the side of the road by a previous car which again is one of the risks and one of the very severe risks in uh, in Sardinia. And we've seen lots of retirements from that before. So those rocks, when they come out, um, big square rocks, they, 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 they've got lots of edges to catch the car. I don't think ultimately you can, if, if you're unlucky and you flick one of those rocks from the front end of the car, which obviously did hit it, um, and that's uh, it's obviously flicked the rock up and it's, so for want of a better expression, rattled down the car, but it would have been an almost instantaneous hit. At, I mean, what speed was he doing? I don't know, 140, 150 kph? Gee whiz. You, you saw, I mean, that, 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 that's uh, getting close enough to terminal velocity of, of a falling object in, in, in the Earth's atmosphere. So you imagine that, that 10 or 12 kilo rock falling to Earth and smacking down. I don't know what you'd have to build. To, to survive that. I don't think you can build a car to survive that type of hit. What you can build is a car that will deflect that kind of hit. Um, and that's what all the under trays are, and that's what the, the, the underbody protection is. And, I, and I'm constantly surprised at how thin the underbody protection on these cars are. Now, I'm sure it's a very good alloy material, very, very, um, a great deal of ductility in it so it doesn't rip and tear. It, it will absorb and spread the shock, deform rather than, 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 than shear or, 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 um, or, or bend catastrophically. It'll, it'll maintain its integrity. But basically that rock's gone through the suspension. I don't think you can actually point the finger and say that was a weakness. I would love to do you know, uh, uh, an applied analysis to, 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 to look at the failure and to, to look at the video a bit closer. We don't have that opportunity. Um, but, and then I suspect it was just one of these, one of these, one things. Of these things. I mean, and George, all, all, once again, was driving just superbly. I mean, you know, I've said that Ogier is the driver of the, of the event. Um, what had a 40-second lead, he quite clearly had command. So yes, he could. He, yes, he did have the ability to take a margin and and uh, and avoid certain things. But that was a f high speed corner. That wouldn't be the place you would necessarily be looking to 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 um, to to take more care. And um, it's, it's such a tiny margin. Was, I couldn't quantify if that was a place that he could have saved a little bit of time. What I do know and what I can relate to is if you start to take little margins of safety in high speed places that you you don't shed a couple of seconds you shed you shed handfuls shed of seconds shed loads shed loads, shed loads of <laughs> seconds so i don't see what else ought could have done um here's a question george george here's a yeah. question for you you know what and we can talk all morning about you know exactly what happened there and whether or not it was a failure whether or not it was uh an unsurvivable impact, which it probably was, from from what you're saying. It wasn't that big a rock, let's be honest, Colin. No, no, but but I mean, as what often you're as not, is a that, car would just drive over the top of it. Yeah. All right. So, is it unreasonable of us, as media, 
and as rally fans, is it unreasonable to expect... The answer to this is always going to be yes. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you're right. Is it unreasonable to expect some sort of explanation? I have to say I'm getting a little frustrated. And, and you know, I, I have a huge amount of time for Andrea Adamo. He is, I think, one of the best things to happen in rallying for a long, long time. He's just a bit different, and we, we like things that are a bit different. But I'm getting a little frustrated at a lack of any sort of explanation for issues that happen with the high Hyundai's. Would that have been your approach, George, in your days, or, or, or am I being unreasonable and just a little bit too too pushy with these things? No, um, I mean, I, it wouldn't have been my place in the team to, to make that explanation. And Uwe Anderson, uh, if, if he was asked by that question, he would have probably just said, go and ask the engineers why why that rock yeah. hit the car. And the engineers but, would, would then be would then be told to tell the journalists what's what's happened. But it's it's I mean, kind tactically, of a mo- it's tactically, a, it's a mo- do you think that's going to mo- make any difference? But hang on to, a sec, George. This is a, this is a yeah. moot point anyway, isn't it? Because from the outset, when he arrived, Adamo back in 2019 January, he said from the very beginning, "I will not talk about technical matters." Yeah, and that's I, true. And yeah. I kind of thought, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, we'll we'll still get to some of the engineers. We'll still talk to them, and they they completely closed up. You yeah. know, they, they people just don't talk on the record in Hyundai, and it is, it's very straightforward. There is one spokesman, there is one voice, uh, and then there is there is one person taking responsibility. Um, and it, I call I absolutely share your frustrations, and it drives me up the wall. Um, and I'm sure you know Andrea just almost sits and and laughs at us at our pontificating. I'll tell you what we we're going to do. do. I'll tell you what we're going to do, David. At least I'm going to send you the audio from an interview I did with Andrea. And we'll, we'll just play this oh. now, I think. We'll okay. just insert this. And we can have a little listen to this because, you know, it, it, it absolutely demonstrates what David's saying. And I do, in this interview, ask Adamo whether he takes responsibility for what's happened. And you can hear what he says. Andrea, after the kind of day you and the team have had today, how do you even start to build the team back up again? I don't have to build the team back because the team is not back. But, you know, there must be a feeling within the team of, of, of disappointment, maybe even despondency within the team. So is that the boss's job to perhaps give them a bit of confidence going forward? My team doesn't need any confidence back because they never lost it. So there are smiles in your team tonight? Clearly not. But the, what I'm trying to ask, Andre, is, you know, there is clearly... There was an expectation the team were going to do well this weekend. They haven't done well. Is there a job that can be done to raise the spirits within the team? You know, one thing is to have high spirit. Another thing is to be stupid and laughing around, no? in my opinion. So we we for sure lost the two wins because I think you have to be Stevie Wonder to not see that we frost away two wins that were pretty sure. But that doesn't mean that uh, we have people there crying uh, or down in mood. Uh, we are working hard to repair the car. Tomorrow we are back in business and there are races to go. So honestly, I'm lucky enough that after a moment of uh, upset, but uh, we are back, I'm here, uh, and uh, we focus how to improve and to understand where uh, we may have done a mistake. I don't know if uh, any we have, but... Uh, we are not here saying it's uh, his fault, my fault, or their fault, or someone else. There are things that uh, maybe will have to be improved, and we will. After the disappointments of Monte Carlo, you personally took responsibility for that. Will you take responsibility for what's happened here this weekend? 
This is a strange question. Why is it a strange question? You know, you're a very good road position. The expectation was right. Has strategy perhaps been wrong? You know, it's not been the weekend you were looking for. And as I say, you took responsibility in Monte Carlo. Uh, is anyone going to take responsibility here or not? Scapegoat. Uh, I'm not looking for a scapegoat. No, I'm not. I'm not. But you know, someone. Is there something that's gone wrong this weekend, or is that just rallying? I don't know what this could uh, went. For sure, it's gone wrong. If not, we would have. Uh, now speaking about the uh, leading of uh, Oit, uh, but uh, and maybe Oit uh, Danny Ferd, but if he rolls uh, and uh, there is an impact against the stone, uh, then I, I, I don't know who should be blamed for. Honestly, I hardly see your point tonight. Taking responsibility is not about apportioning blame. It's really not. And, and um, again, that may be slightly lost in translation. It's not. It's a year that I tell you that my English is not so good. So, Cole, that that is a combative Andrea Adamo at his absolute best, and yeah. and it just it absolutely demonstrates the point that he will not be browbeaten into telling you anything. <laughs> you know, whichever way you go around it, you know, we did exactly the same in Portugal, and we were, you know, he did give us at least an insight into the fact that if he needed a stress engineer, he would come to us. A junior uh, stress so engineer, he'd come to me. But the, do you know <laughs> the, the, the thing is here? <laughs> you, you do say that he does have a responsibility to the media. We, um, I'm just going to kind of swerve, do a bit of a swerve ball here. We we had the hoo ha in the tennis world with Naomi Osaka yeah. announcing before I, the French Open that she wasn't going to talk to the media because, um, it, you know, it's that's for a very different reason. I was going to say subsequent, subsequently, you know, we, we we moved into the areas of mental health and stuff like that. But it did prompt the question of what what obligation a sportsman or woman has to the press to promote their sport and both tennis and rallying really need to have um transparency is not the right word but they need to be including their fans need to be openly in, in a way to it yeah in a yeah. way to expand the sport and we all love getting under the bonnet with George, effectively. When George goes off onto yeah. one of his technical explanations about what's happening with the car, I find it very interesting and gives me an element on the sport. If, if that wasn't the case, we'd never see any fans bothering to turn up in the service park. But we want to know what's happening with the cars when they go wrong. And it's, it's, it's more than frustrating that we don't get more answers on what's happening. And, and I, I feel that there is an obligation to the... It's basically poor, actually... poor, it's poor journalism, uh, Lisa. Let's just, just say it straight. You know, it, if, it, our, it if our journalists, if our journalists, whoever they happen to be, I'm not sure who they are. Maybe it's David and, and Colin. You know, they should be out there. You know, get underneath the car with a camera. You know, you're you're, you're out there. Just just throw yourself underneath. The, hold your hold your phone under the car and get a couple of photographs. We'll soon well, no, figure no, what out we'll what's do, happening. Charles. And if Here's we can't, we can do. speculate the hell out of it. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're going to do a live FaceTime with you, George, under the car, and you can tell us exactly what's going on. You can tell us exactly oh what's boy. happened, what's broken, why it oh broke, boy. how it can be fixed. That but is you, the way you, to you do. You, but, if rallying's going to go all closed shop about this, it, yeah, it's but, not going to benefit the sport. We need to be careful about not applying a broad brush here, at least, because it I isn't. Know. It isn't rallying. But, it, I, it is, but I've got it is a really big brush. <laughs> you do, but it's 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 one particular team and one particular policy. And as you know. Adamo does things the Adamo way, and, and it's very difficult. While, while he's enjoying success, and they are without doubt enjoying success under Adamo, you know, it's very, very difficult to, to criticise him, and, and, you know, and it's his choice, and, and his choice is something that, at the end of the day, we have to respect. We, we can keep pushing him, and it's our, it's our right, and it's our job 
to keep pushing him to find those answers. And it is equally his right to protect his people and to give us no explanation. But, you know, as I say, it's not across the service park. It is very much a Hyundai thing right now. And ultimately, you know, he, his point there would be that he answers, you know, the questions from one one group of people. And those are the people that sit at the top table in Seoul. Right. You know, that, and that's where it begins and ends. It's, it's a, a commercial operation for Hyundai to win this world championship. And he's not obligated to answer any of our questions. Uh, and he won't. No. But, you know, having said all of that, I still think that he has bought more to the service part. Oh, no um, that, no yeah, that, you yeah. know, his, his his comments add more than they did. They than his presence detracts from. Um, so it, it's tricky. And, it, and, you know, we just have to keep going at it. Um, I've never, I've never spoken to him uh, at all myself, but but uh, he, he's look, he's a fantastic character, and he's great, and and, and like like you guys, I, 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 you can only love him to bits for for the character and the way that he that he deals with it. The the he, he never tires with these little hyperboles and little uh, funny wee comments and analogies <laughs> that he makes, which which is great. I, I love it. I absolutely love clever, it. Character when you when you when you get to Kenya, George. I do not listen to him when he says, "George, I'm not an engineer." I am not an engineer. I am just a poor, a poor, a poor Italian immigrant living in Germany who doesn't speak good English. Ignore it. Ignore it. Speaking (laughs) of comments, speaking of comments, I want to go on to colourful comments because um, we saw an interesting uh, state of affairs. Mads Osberg, a little frustrated um, at the end of the um, WRC two competition well, it wasn't the quite this, this is quite important it's quite an important point it wasn't quite at the end there was still a stage or two to go oh okay so it okay wasn't, it yes, wasn't the live was, power yeah, yeah. stage it wasn't the live worldwide no. power stage which well, i yeah I, but that's I, how I, it's been reported it has been reported that the comments went out live around yeah. the world and yeah. we saw him swearing quite freely um expressing his frustration i mean we, we've we've all been next to a driver who really needs to get it out at the end of the stage that we're in yeah. but um Picking up a thousand euro fine, which subsequently fans paid as well, which mm. is another um, interesting element to this. Um, swearing has always, I mean, having run the radio station for a number of years, swearing has always been an issue for all of us because we know some people don't like it. Some people really don't give a. Yeah. I was just going to put a bleep in there, but I don't think I will. Um, but some, yeah, some people really don't mind about the swearing. Other people do, and we have to. Basically, bear in mind that we've got younger people listening, and and yeah, swearing's not clever, really. Apparently, I think, can, I, can, I think... I, can I can I can I make a wee comment about this? What? Just what? A, just a very, very 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 brief one for me. So first of all, I'm sure Mads didn't feel good after that outburst. You know, whoever feels good after you've got angry and frustrated, you always feel dirty afterwards. At least at least if you're unless you're a sociopath, you always feel a little bit. You know, I shouldn't I shouldn't. I shouldn't really have got that angry. That was silly. So, but it's a window into an adrenaline-charged atmosphere where that man is driving his car at such a limit and it's so filled with adrenaline, he's not got time to think about anything. And you can your inhibitions drop. The broadcaster should not have broadcast that. They should have. Agreed. They should. They should totally have beeped agree. it. And it's it's on them. You know, like at Facebook when someone when someone puts up something, uh, some some or any social media something that's not right. It's the broadcaster that gets the caning, you know, and, and, and the items taken down and the person is, is, is banned from doing it again because quite clearly it was wrong. How come? I mean, 
the, the, the so suspended ban might be very, very heavy. You can't stop, I mean, you can't that, stop that, that as said, a broadcaster. I thought you, you can't least. stop it. I thought you had yeah, just dead set in the it, No, it, yeah. the delay doesn't work in television in the same way as it does okay. in radio. Well, and, okay. and even, even in radio, you, you, you stick yeah. the delay in. On, oh, yeah. You don't have so, it in all technology. But, uh, but it's very me. important that somebody yeah. somebody apologises straight away. That's basically the get-out clause. Right. Well, he was clearly animated and they should have taken the microphone away, maybe. So the bottom line is... The bottom line is that... That that he, that he did do it, and it and it it's not smart, you know. I mean, honestly, he you know, I think Chris Meek's comments was, you know, geez, I'd hate to be I'd hate to be uh, at the breakfast table with him if his wife burnt the toast in the morning, you know. I mean, honestly, Mads. Mads was Mads was Mads was looking pretty bad from that. Now I know Mads Osberg reasonably well, and he's a lovely guy. But, you know, in a charged environment where, you know, you've put everything in and the guy had had, a, a, you know, it, it, it's like he'd done a 10 day safari rally in that one yeah. event, for goodness sakes. He'd done, he'd, he'd worked miracles and his frustration came to the fore. So I'm going to forgive him for his outburst. I didn't like it. It I looked over the top and a little him. bit silly. But, and and but, yeah, and uh, almost a little bit immature, but it's the adrenaline charged atmosphere and I'll give it to him every time. Yeah. But. But there's a broader but, question. I mean, what, a, what's a driver going to do? Said, I don't want a camera in my car then. Yeah, exactly. Because this is the broader you know, question it. that needs... This is the broader question. You know, when, at least when you started talking about Naomi Osaka, I thought you were leading on to the Mads Osberg thing. You know, it, they, they are very different situations. Naomi Osaka, you know, chose not to do something she was obligated to do. She is obligated to talk in the press conferences. And, and that's part and parcel of playing tennis. And it's part and parcel, part and parcel of being paid an awful lot of money for winning at tennis that you front up in uh, front of the press and uh, you allow yourself to be interrogated by them. It's mm -hmm. what the sponsors expect. The sponsors pay the money, which uh, which gives you the massive prize money. They want the coverage. Now, when it comes to stage end interviews, not a single driver is obligated to say anything. They don't have to. They don't. We're privileged. We're we're privileged to be able to hear. It's a very very rare situation that we're in. Absolutely. In yeah. Where where a microphone. Is literally within seconds of these boys and girls crossing the finishing line, having put everything on the line for whatever it might be, 20 or 30 kilometers, having had moments on every corners, we thrust the microphone under their noses and sometimes someone will say to them, how was that? You know, well, listen, if you've watched Mads Osberg running from the flying finish into the stop line in that sort of frame of mind, you've watched it, you've watched him beating the steering wheel, shrieking. You might not have understood what he was yeah. saying because he was saying it in Norwegian, but he was clearly enraged. If you have watched him doing that and you then allow a reporter to put a microphone under his nose, what do you expect? What do you expect? We need to protect these drivers at times. We really do. Yeah. You know, there's an obligation on us to protect the drivers because what we get from the drivers at stage end is absolute gold. It's an insight into just what they are doing, into how they are feeling, into how much they have absolutely put on the line in those 20 or 30 kilometers, whatever it might be. And and there is a danger. There is a danger with these sort of, you know, I think a slap across the wrist. I hated what I heard from Osberg. I really did. But we didn't have to hear it. We didn't. We really didn't. That's I, my, you, that's my I, point, Colin. Yeah. I, you know, we didn't have to I, hear it. Um, I've got to say, Carl, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think you put it incredibly succinctly, and I think you're exactly right there. And you but know, can, I, I, I spoke can you make to, a counterpoint? Hang on, hang on, George. No, hang on a sec. I, I spoke to Mads yesterday uh, about exactly this. And, you know, he was he's really upset um, b 
because he feels that you know that there is a danger that people will misinterpret him and and the person that he is and and his you you're dead right George you know it was just an entire he called it an internal explosion uh, yeah. and and that's what it was and you know I can't say enough that I think that the promoter was wrong to 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 put the microphone in there and you know but also what concerns me here is is the crowdfunding element of of paying his fine you know i mm. i just i do have some sort of issue with that as, as i'll bet well, you but... it was the other drivers that crowdfunded it well no listen, it was it was a well-meaning fan it was a well-meaning fan will any of them but... speak to us again at a stop line they don't have to, Colin. You've just pointed that out. No, they don't have to, George. And I, and, I, and I hope they do continue to speak at the stop. And I hope we continue to get honest and raw and emotional answers. I, I, I like anyone. I really can't stand swearing. But listen, I've read an article this morning with Liam Gallagher from Oasis. And it's full. And I mean full of the F word. Full of it. Mm. And it's a written article with Liam Gallagher. Full of oh, the Colin, F word. Colin. Colin, the, the C word has appeared on the, on the front page of the Guardian. You know, right. these are different times that we're living in now. They you are know, different and, times. And it, and it doesn't mean it's right. I'm I'm with you. You know, I yeah. I think and it's entirely unnecessary. The English language is 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 broad and beautiful, and there are more than enough words to, to reach for. Uh, yeah. But you know, least made the would, point. Would Matt Osberg have been fined if he'd sworn in Norwegian? No, no, hundred percent not. And that that also raises questions, least. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure he did swear in Norwegian when he was coming yeah. into the stop line. Because oh, I, I, was... I can tell you, he did. There were great words. <laughs> Not. I, 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 I find the whole thing quite, quite concerning. Quite concerning because you, know, I've talked about it and I've written about it on Dirtfish.com. You know, the demise of the stop line. The stop line is something that's really, really important in rallying. It gives, it gives a real indication of what's going on. It gives the only true explanation of what's going on on the stage. It doesn't matter what people watching on television, what us as commentators think might have happened. There really are only two people who know exactly what's happened in a stage. And, and that ability to actually interrogate them at the stop line and find out what went on is magnificent. And I think over the last year or two, the importance of the stop line has diminished. And I can see a point where drivers, if these kind of penalties continue to be applied, well, drivers just turn around and say, well, we'll just keep the door closed. Why, why should we bother opening the door? Yeah. You know, why should we bother? Because really they but, don't have to. Oh, but Kimi, also, Raikkonen, Kimi Raikkonen never opened his door, did he? Do you remember the game we used to play to try and get him to say more than three words? <laughs> Things haven't changed that much with, with Raikkonen, have they? But if you, if, you, if you look back as well, I mean, would, would Colin McRae have got this same fine? You know, there were times when he would come to the end of a stage well, he, absolutely he, he, livid he, 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 and raging. But that was, you know, that was almost an accepted part of, of, of his character or, you know, yeah. I mean, in fairness, Colin wasn't massively sweary, but, you know, I, I, I couldn't really imagine. He did imagine. it with a look. He did. He did. And, and that look kind of said to the stewards, just you dare. <laughs> and they, and they didn't look, really. the, the stewards often did. Let's be honest, Colin got a couple of really good canings over his career. He got absolutely pulled up. Granted, they weren't just for swearing. They were for some fairly horrendous things that but he did. Speeding but, in I mean, the service uh, bar. Yeah, well, no, and some of those some of those uh, speeding events were pretty special. I mean, I'm not saying he deserved it. Far from it. But... Um, because again, he was it was it was under the heat of the moment, but um, yeah, th there was a safety element thing that was being pushed at that moment, and it was absolutely correct that it should. So there's no there's no criticism for stewards, and I'm not making an excuse for 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 what for for what what was done. But 
point being, Colin got a caning. He got he got worse treatment, harder treatment than than Mads just saw. But the the, the last point I want to make on that. So um, I think we've all got a great deal of sympathy for Mads, and and we all like Mads a lot, and we know that that's not the person he is. It was an emotional moment, uh, which is completely allowed in motorsport. If he didn't have that passion and emotion, he wouldn't be able to drive fast. So the two things go hand in hand. But the the last point I would make is that he has worked as a broadcaster quite a lot. He's done yeah. a lot of broadcasting work. Uh, Actually, it doesn't matter what the emotion is. You're a professionally paid you're a professionally paid driver. Actually, guys, you're going to have to rein it in a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I understand that's, it. And, and that's what he I said, that. George. Yeah, you know, at, at the end of the uh, interview, he said, you know, uh-huh. it, I am a human being, but, you know, I have to, I have to be a different human being. When I yeah. get to the end of a stage, and and he does now Sometimes. because ultimately, yeah, guy's if, he does, if he if he does it again, he loses twenty five points. He loses yeah. the championship effectively, doesn't he? Yeah. It's, it's 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 the championship that's hanging over his neck. You know that you're losing the championship. Um, da- yeah, yeah, difficult, da- difficult, David, difficult, difficult one. David, what point did you want to make about the fans paying the fine? You said you had yeah. concerns about that. Just, I, I think it sets a dangerous precedent. You know, the the stewards, regardless of what we think. Uh, whether the stewards are right or wrong, they have made a decision. Yeah. Uh, and 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 you know, Mads isn't a poor guy. Um, no. I think you know it's a nice gesture. I, I was hoping that money was going to go to charity. That Mads would match it and put it to well. a charity. Yeah, fund, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm I'm sure I'm sure it will. Uh, yeah. But I just I just think that you know that side of things it just left a bit of a strange taste in my mouth. I didn't think you know Mads has to accept what's happened, uh, which he has. Uh, and move on, pay us fine, go to the next rally yeah, in yeah, Estonia yeah. and just get on with it. And, uh, you know, I, we can't st- suddenly have the fans kind of condoning this behaviour and, and and essentially calling the stewards out. You know, where does that end? No, no, I think I think I think it's it's the fans can say what they like. You know, David, they, they really can. And they can they can show their emotions as they want to show their emotions, fans, as the drivers do. But I agree with you entirely. I, I don't like, like this concept of fans paying for for driver fines but but what can we do about it you know the, no, the, the, the platform nothing. the platform they've used as an open platform uh, yeah. and there was i think what it shows was the depth of feeling amongst rally fans they understand yes. they understand the importance of having this sort of privileged access to drivers at that critical moment they understand they, that. Appreci- they appreciate mad don't they they and appreciate you know, mad and, right, and do you know right. what else I think they appreciated was you know, the real rally fans. And if you look, and I've had a look at the list of donators and, and an awful lot of the names I recognize because they yeah. are die-in-the-wool rally fans. They're yeah. proper people who understand yeah, rallying. And what they understand is that Mads Osberg had quite possibly the best rally of his life. It was yeah. just phenomenal just how you know determined he was, how fast he was. You know, don't forget... You know, he, he went into, I think, the, the stage before lunch on Saturday with a 25-second lead. He came out with a 35-second deficit or into the next stage after lunch with a 35-second deficit, and he made it up in two stages on Yari Hutenen. You know, he was yeah. driving like a demon. He was working like a madman to keep that car on the road. And I think the fans kind of appreciate that, and I think they, they like Mads. I think if it had been one or two other drivers... They might not. He might not have got the same reaction. They like him. They respect him. They felt quite indignant, and they did what they felt they could do. And I and I, I, I 
I have to say as well that rally fans don't yeah. mind a bit of swearing because I remember once when I was uh, playing some music in on <laughs> on WRC Live um, and I accidentally played like a 10-minute <laughs> really very explicit version of Paranoid by Black Sabbath um, with Ozzy, <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne using all the words and the audience, uh, the, the crowd shouting it all back as well and I actually went cold. I thought I was going to lose my job. But everything that turned out to be a highlight of your career. Well, all the tweets that started coming in, all the fans are going, "Oh yeah, love this version, brilliant." Um, My colleagues, my other colleagues, never knew it happened because they weren't listening because they didn't like it. So I got away with that one. Um, At least I loved all your music, all of it. Just my my point there was 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 a philosophical one on on my part. I agree. Uh, Yeah. Now, yeah. we haven't got much time left, but George, you want to uh, very quickly have, have a little George. look ahead to Safari and, and Cole? Yeah, so you want to look ahead to Safari, George, yeah? Guys, you're, you're, off, all, on your way. you're all breaking up for me there. I, I can oh, hardly sure. I can hardly hear you. I'm not, not quite sure what's going on. We cut you out the conversation. That's, it's your that's end. Not, George, this is not encouraging when you are, you're in Scotland at the minute and you <laughs> seem to be off yeah. to Safari in Kenya and we're expecting comms to work from there. Yes, indeed, it is possibly going to be quite tricky. The, the, not at all. I mean, I, th- I think uh, the the GSM the GSM four G network in Kenya, I'm sure, will be very good. I'm hoping it is anyway. Yeah, I think I think what, what I'm what I'm hoping to do for you, I, I imagine, depends on that. Um, uh, so let's see let's see what we get. Quite Georgie, looking forward to I've got it, something guys. for but, you. I mean, honestly, the, the 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 rally out there. I mean, I was just looking at some of the stages again. The uh, these roads are not. They're, they're gravel roads. If you look at a picture of them, they look like a gravel road, look like Sardinia, but they're not like Sardinia. They're, these roads are not made roads. All that's happened is someone's driven a Land Rover or a truck or a van through the road, and it's been repeated and repeated and repeated, and the road gets a little bit tamped down. Uh, I, I listened back to a podcast that, that uh, you and I did, Colin, a couple of years ago, uh, about a year ago, I think it was. It was about uh, recollections of Safari Rally. <laughs> Uh, and, Still available and we're on talking about, We're talking about a section. Yes, we're talking about a section that came from Mount Rock down to the end of Lake Naivasha, and I couldn't remember the name of the place at that point. It's Congoni, and I, and I waxed lyrical about how the cars came down, and I was describing the road, and the road it looks fine. So it, it, it's it's wide. There are alternate routes through different areas on that section coming down. Now, part of that section is actually used, but I think it's just crossed as opposed to used, but. There was areas where you came down that road and the car literally drops into what has been a, a mud hole that's been dug out, which has dried out, and dust is backfilled with dust. And so you've got a road that it looks absolutely fine, and if you drive over it slowly with a car, it'll sort of be okay, but you go through it in a powerful, all it is is just loose earth, basically. Oh. And it's dust. It's dust. And you don't get a pothole appearing. You get some in the size of a desk or a couple of desks or a car or in some cases a freaking house you know <laughs> you get huge holes appearing now i think the route that we're using this year is slightly more established than that but the basic crux of it is a lot of those roads are being are built around the flanks of suswa crater longanot crater it's all a a a, a volcanic area um where where you're going to where there's there's various amounts of material there are places where lava has flowed out and it's very stony and rocky and and um, um, sharp and horrible and then there's other areas where there's just been the pyroclastic flow that's the dust basically just the dust that you see uh, and on the face of it it feel it feels very strong and you can drive over it 
but as soon as you break through that little crust, which is not that thick, you know, from a few centimetres to maybe to maybe a couple of dozen centimetres, but you will get through it and you will end up with these huge holes in the road. Can I ask a question, George? The Can strategy for this rally is well, going to be incredible. Well, this, this, that plays into my question I'm going to ask you. You know, it, it, to me, it sounds as if there's an, a huge, a huge amount of unknown about this rally, a massive amount of unknown. You know, you, you mentioned the fact that you know, these, these world rally cars, we, we just don't know how the road will evolve with one or two of these world rally cars over it. Yeah. Are, you, are you at all surprised, George, that none of the top teams have sent even, you know, an R5 car, Rally 2 car out to, you know, there was a local rally that ran on the roads yeah, more or less in the same region just a few weeks ago. Well, I've been following the fact that yeah. Well, I am in, in many ways, but but I, I think the, I think the, the COVID the COVID the COVID crisis has probably had a lot to do with it. Uh, in terms of expense, well, I mean the, the 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 world of air freight and sea freight at the moment has gone completely crazy. Uh, mm. Air freight specifically, the rates for sending something from point A to point B, air freight rates are up to five six times higher than two mm. years ago right now. So, you know, where you, uh, a container, a container from from uh, Japan to UK, you might have paid two and a half or three thousand dollars for a 20 foot container, maybe a little bit more. You're now paying 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 thousand dollars. Wow. So, yeah, it's a little bit more expensive than, than normal, but it used to be very cheap to air freight to Kenya because of all the produce that comes out of Kenya overnight, every night. There are dozens of aircraft fly out of Kenya to European supermarkets, a lot of them in Britain, a massive amount, because there's obviously um, uh, uh, Commonwealth ties and, and we're a big a big market for, for their food. But I know that there's a lot of stuff goes to Netherlands as well. All over it will go. But, but, just, and, even with, but with those, all freighters, that, those freighters go back down to Kenya empty. So you yeah. used to get the most incredible freight rate. You used to get like $1.50 a, a kilo. So I could send right. a rally car, a 1.2 ton rally car, or a 1,200, uh, 1100 kilo rally car, to to Kenya for under two thousand dollars. Right. Literally, you know, it's but, not expensive. Well, it's, it's not it the case now, as you say. But... It wasn't expensive for hotels, and I mean, it's not. It's not any more expensive for hotels than anywhere else. It's very cheap to test there because you don't pay for the roads. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah I guess you have a helicopter to to to. Um, if if you're doing longer sections, but that's that would be an irrelevance now. You, you know, you're you're just looking for sections to test the car. Um, but I mean, so so it would be very easy to to think that we know we're going to end up with you know, we could easily end up with an event where we have all the rally cars broken. Yeah, that that's not an impossibility. Yeah. So how would you counter that? You think, well, okay, you know, we've got a three car team. Let, let's have one of the drivers just driving really slow. You know. Letting, letting everybody take minutes out of them every stage and not making a mistake. But that doesn't help because going slow, you're keeping the reserve to miss the odd rock. The things you're going to hit, I don't think you're going to see them. That's the problem is you're not going to see them uh, un until, you're, until you've hit them. And, yeah. and even then you might not see what you've hit because it won't be seen. So it's going to be an incredibly balanced event. You know, the, the winner could easily be the guy that is five minutes behind after the first three sections. I think it could easily end up like that, or, you know, it, 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 on the reverse token. Because I'm not, I'm not going to predict this because uh, no, no crystal ball is deep enough or clear enough to figure out what's going to happen here. But um, it, it, just, just remember Tommy Mackinnon in '96 when the, the the World Championship went uh, on mass. The, the 
all the European teams came out to Kenya for the first time. Uh, he 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 read that event and and won it off the bat, figuring out the the strengths and weaknesses of his car, and and understanding what he, he can do. So, by the same token, um, whilst I've, I've I've painted a picture that it could be very rough, it might just be sort of normal rough. It, it, I mean, it depends on what the weather's been, how wet it's been. The roads do heal themselves naturally. You know those those big dust holes eventually compact down and get better and 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 go away. You know over the months and 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 well, months and months. Uh, so they do they do change. Uh, I get the feeling from the videos I've looked at. There's a good mix of of materials. So th these cars should survive it. If Josh, but this anything being given to the absolute back, limit is going to goes back to my point. Take a you bit, know, a bit of beating. We don't we don't get world rally teams turning up at new events very often these days, mm. completely blind. Uh, now I, I think maybe it's a little naive of me to think that they are completely blind. Uh, I'm sure they've had people out on location having a look at the routes, having a look at the potential stages, uh, but you know they've got they've got nothing to you know they've they've got no base effectively to 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 start from. You know they're starting from scratch uh, when they get out there. The first really taste they're going to get off the roads and how the cars are going to work on the roads is when they go into shakedown. And that, that's, that's, uh, that's an unusual situation. That's a really unusual situation. But, George, I've got a little, little bit of homework for you. A little bit mm. of homework. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of homework for you on the plane. Now, remember back to the last podcast, you were telling us all about how you'd watch so many onboards from Oitanac, from, um, from <coughs> where yep. were we? Um, from Portugal. Right. Yes. I've, got, I've got one for you to look up. So download... The power stage from Croatia, and have a look and compare Tanak and Nouvelle, and in particular, count the number of handbrake pulls between the two of them on the power stage. You will be astonished. Now, someone within, someone reasonably well placed, pointed this out to me, and he said that is why you watch and you will work out why Oit Tanak is struggling on tarmac with that car compared to Nouvelle. Nouvelle sussed it. Nouvelle knows how to drive that Hyundai on tarmac. And it's very mm -hmm. clear. It's very clear, apparently, from the approach in that power stage. Can you guess what it might be, George? Before you go and look um, at it, it'll be I, very I imagine. I imagine that Thierry Neuville is unbelievably smooth and economical and Ott will be a little bit more scruff of the neck. Right. Well, what, no, I'm going to tell That's you why. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, George. Yeah. Watch the handbrake. Watch the handbrake yeah. and watch the handbrake pulls and you will be astonished. You will be yeah. astonished. How many more times Nouvelle goes for the handbrake? It's yeah. it's five or six times the total in a relatively right. short stage. Wow. Okay, so he's so, actually he's actually making the car slip. That's interesting. And, and in in fifth and sixth gear, he goes for the handbrake. <laughs> to is, help is, he the releasing, car is he releasing the diff? George, I don't know. This is why I want you to look at it because you're the man yeah. to analyse yeah, it. Be, I mean, the only thing I think is he's releasing the diff. Yeah, there Which we go. Very, there we go. That's your homework. Still, these are still programmed diffs. That's very yeah. odd. That's that's your yeah. homework, George, for your flight oh, okay. to Kenya. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure you can download these. I suppose you can. I'll, I'll figure yeah. it out. You can work it out, George. You can work it yeah. out. Um, I think sure we're gonna can. we're gonna draw a line under that one. David Evans has headed off to do the work that Dirtfish.com expects of him. And if you want to keep up to date with everything that he's writing, don't forget Dirtfish.com. If you want to chuck any questions at us, hashtag Dirtfish Rally, Colin Clark. George Donaldson, it's been a joy as ever. We've we've got we've got some quite exciting plans for Kenya, so it won't quite be won't quite be the traditional dirtfish coverage, but you know it, it is going to be exciting and informative, 
and insightful, extremely insightful with our man on the ground. Safe travels, George. Absolutely. Thank you, Lisa. I'll speak to you all soon. Cheers. Thanks, Lise.